Welcome to Horror School with Harper. It is our fourth lesson, my dear, sweet, wonderful students, my um, fans. <laughs> We've covered ethics and morality. We've covered polyamory and swinging. We've even discussed the fact that virginity is not really a thing. And we have covered in great detail my opinions about the bathroom bills. If you are listening live, please feel free to go to communitykink.com, join the chat room, join the conversation, drop in and say hey. So far, we've got Azian, Azin, we got Domestic, Nacho Joe, and WD. Hi, guys. Tonight's topic, it's a doozy, <laughs> anatomy, physiology, and dun, 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 hygiene. <laughs> I was doing a little research um, just to make certain that, you know, I'm, I'm still completely up to date on all the, the most current information out there on exactly how... Um, how to how to take care of your junk and the state of the internet's opinion about how to take care of what's going on between your thighs is widely varied and often highly inaccurate and in some cases frankly dangerous alice has joined the room hi alice and nacho joe is buttering me up by handing me an apple i like gala apples because they're delicious, and I like to eat them with peanut butter. There you go. Now, you guys have a tidbit about me. So, anatomy. If you're in the chat room, I'm going to try to share a file with you guys. Let's see if this works. I did this for last year. Um, I was doing adult education, adult sex ed. And one of the things I did was um, a series of blogs, and one of them was about anatomy. If I can find it. Which folder did I stick it in? And I painted a few pictures. Because that's how I roll. Um, let's see. My pics? No. Work pictures. There we go. Um, art forward. Found it. So I'm about to put a couple of images into our chat room, if I can. Now, Nacho Joe, if you hand me a gala apple and a jar of peanut butter, you're going to get a demonstration of how far into that jar my tongue will go. You're welcome. So I like to paint. <laughs> and I draw, and I discovered that it was very difficult to find an um, anatomical drawing of male and female genitalia that was copyright-free, so I did my own. This, that I just put in the co uh, Community Kink chat room, is an anatomical drawing of a man's body, ranging from about mm, hip to dick. And it's got everything in there. We can see a cross-section in which we see a testy. 
your scrotum, the epididymis, the vas deferens, the seminal vesicle, your prostate, which, hey, we're going to talk about that in a minute, urethra, your penis as a whole, your corpus callosum's in there, although I didn't label it, and the glands penis, and all these parts are important and vital, and gentlemen, you need to know what these bits are. All right. The corpus callosum is an internal structure inside your penis. There are two of them. They are on either side of the length of your shaft. Your corpus callosum is what gets filled up with blood when you become aroused and causes your penis to become hard and stiff and stand up nice, tall, and strong and proud. Pro tip, it is possible to injure your corpus callosum. There are certain sexual activities that you should not do. Anything that results in you torquing, tweaking, twisting, or bending, or slamming your dick in a desk drawer, don't do any of those things. You will hurt your dick. (laughs) And just to check, can I get the chat room to tell me you can hear me? Can you guys hear me? After I've talked about crushing your dick. (laughs) Okay, Nacho Joe's reaction tells me that you can hear me. (laughs) Alright. The journey of a sperm. (laughs) Your sperm starts off life in the testes. It's your ball. Uh, It's full of little gametophores that sit there all day, constantly, going, Ooh! Let's create sperms! And it makes sperms. Except that's actually not very true. Um, It comes and goes in waves. You have a cycle, just like a woman has a cycle. And at certain points in your cycle, you'll have more sperm production than at others. So if you are interested in becoming pregnant, it behooves you to pay attention to your cycle. Unfortunately, so women, our cycle lasts 28 days. Gentlemen, your cycle is a couple hours. (laughs) Y'all cycle real fast. So the sperm comes from the testy and then is free-floating in the scrotum, but not for very long. It leaps across a gap between your testy and your vas deferens and the epididymis. Think of it as a catcher's mid. It kind of cups the top of your testy like a big old glove. And as sperm pop loose, it's caught by the epididymis and then ferried along its way. Once it reaches the seminal vesicle, which if you can... eh, Let me describe this. Hmm. Your vas deferens runs from your testicle up around your pubic bone, around your bladder. Like, it circles the whole shooting match and hits the seminal vesicle on the anterior side of your bladder right up close to your colon, essentially. The seminal vesicle and the prostate gland work together. Your prostate gland gives you a, most of, a lot of the, the fluid content of your ejaculate. So your prostate is sitting there going, juicy, 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 making the juice. 
your testes make the sperm. It all combines together in the seminal vesicle, and then it goes into from from there through the urethra and out of the body. So there you go. <sighs> Quick and dirty. Uh, <laughs> Alice says they slammed a dick in a door on weeds. Yeah, that's mean. Mm. Yes, Alice, I do need two monitors. You should buy me one. I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so, guys, your prostate gland is sitting in there going juicy, 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 and providing a lot of the wetness of your ejaculate. It's also packed with tons of nerve endings. Hey, Stu! The closest analog to a woman's G-spot that we have is your prostate. And they serve essentially the same purpose. When you put your fingers into a woman's vagina and you find the G-spot, the little rough spot, and you manipulate it and she gets extra wet, same thing. If you put your fingers into a man's anus and you find that little mystical spot and you manipulate it and he suddenly gets very, very turned on, his ejaculate, there'll be more of it. It'll be (laughs) gooshier and he's going to like it an awful lot because, uh, guys, I like it when you rub my G-spot. Of course you're going to like it when somebody rubs your prostate when you rub your prostate now let's refer back to our illustration the prostate okay directly above the penis where the vas deferens is looping around things you see that kind of oval cream colored spot that's your pubic bone which means literally everything south of your pubic bone is just there. And until you put your hand in and press upward and hit bone, which I don't recommend. <laughs> don't try to hit bone. There's a lot of stuff in between. And all of that has nerve endings and is fun. So gentlemen, if you right now take your hand and reach back behind your balls but before you reach your anus press up and in and then angle your fingertips slightly towards your penis towards the front of your body that's your prostate Alice Wonder asks is it true that prostate milking works to release without an erection as it can be done caged yes yes exactly Yes. Prostate milking. You work the prostate. Its entire existence is to make things go juicy. Pre-cum, the liquid that comes out before you ejaculate, is the product of your prostate. And it's actually incredibly healthy for men, that's all y'all, to work your prostate. I'm not saying you gotta reach back and give yourself a knuckle 
every time you jerk off. It won't hurt you. You don't have to. But I do recommend that you do that at least once a month, maybe more often. And definitely as you age, perhaps increase the amount of time you spend touching and exploring and playing with your own prostate. And there's a reason, and it's called prostate cancer. And if you've been in regular contact with your prostate, you'll be able to tell when something has changed. And then you can immediately go to your doctor and say, Dude, there's a lump. Fix it. Uh Uh-uh. Don't you mess with my favorite toy. Fix that. It should not have lumps. Alice says uh, that she doesn't have a lot of pre-cum and wonders if that's caused by neurological oddities. Frequently, yes. And Stu's making terrible jokes. Boo, Stu. Um, Neurological oddities can do all sorts of interesting things to what's going on down there. If you don't have a whole lot of pre-cum and you want to try some, uh, drink milk. It's gross, but drinking things that have more mucosal properties (laughs) can stimulate more mucosal production in yourself. And let's be super honest here, it's mucus babies. Your body produces various fluids from various orifices and the vast majority of them can fall under the loose term mucus. It's not all about snot, although that's one. Tears are incredibly um watered down mucus very very wet mucus spit it's mucus your sweat is essentially a mucus anything that comes out of your body is mucosal now now Stu what you crying for sitting there going boo hoo baby uh uh-uh. uh um Alice Google if you want Uh, There are some herbal remedies that you could take. Look for um, herbs to increase, and and it's going to sound weird, herbs to increase lactation, because those are all the herbs that will will increase your body's natural mucosal um, production. If you also have allergies or a cold and you start taking things to increase your mucosal production, you're going to be drowning in your own snot, so maybe don't do that. I mean, if that's your kink, go for it. And Alice, baby girl... (sighs) Alice says, the weird thing about my prostate exam... It's weird, because it feels like he has both of his hands on my shoulders. How does he do that? Girl. (laughs) You know how he did that. (laughs) He had an assistant. (laughs) When it comes to the hygiene part, of a man. <laughs> Aww. Stu says he's crying because I'm doing CBT on him. Aww. Not yet. When it comes to keeping your junk clean, if you are 
Circumcised, you don't have to worry about cleaning under your foreskin. If you're not circumcised, pull it back, off the head, clean under there. You should already know this. Keep it clean. For the pubic hair issue, this is one where the internet really reveals their ignorance. I found a site... Oh, good lord. Okay, so I found a terrible site. I'm not even going to tell you where this is, because you can Google it and find it. In which they inform us that it's important to keep your genital hair in check. Men and women should ensure removal of pubic hair, which can be done by shaving or a pair of scissors. Not only is it ghastly to have a bush down there, it's also an invitation to various problems and wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong. You... (sighs) Okay. It is a case of personal preference about whether or not a person has a whole lot of hair. My rule is, if you want me to take all my hair off, you're going to do it too. I like to have a little bit of some hair. For several reasons. Your body evolved to have hair in your secondary sexual characteristics. That means you evolved to have hair in your armpits and your genitals and men get to have hair pretty much everywhere else except you know above their nose and below their hair the secondary sexual characteristics exist because they serve a purpose the hair in your armpits and on your pubic region work to wick moisture away from your skin helping to keep you dry and cool Evaporative cooling is a thing, and in your genital region, on the insides of your thighs, you have femoral arteries. They're actually very close to the surface. If you start to have heat exhaustion or overheat, take an ice pack and stick it on your inner thigh. First you'll scream, and then you'll cling to the ceiling for a while, and then it feels real damn good. And it will cool you down very, very quickly. Two major arteries are running right there. It's coming down off of your aorta, through your body cavity, splits in your pelvis, and it it's essentially right at the surface, right in your inner thighs. You get really hot in there. The pubic hair is in there to help maintain the temperature and help cool you off. Pubic hair and genital and armpit hair also exist to help waft your pheromones around. We cover it up with antiperspirants and deodorants and perfumes and perfumed lotion and uh, shampoo and conditioner and everything that has sense to it. But we're still mammals. We produce pheromones. And those pheromones reach the surface of our skin through our sebaceous glands. The sweat glands, guys. Those are concentrated in your armpits and around your pubic zone. And one of the ways that we unconsciously decide whether or not we think a person is a good choice is their pheromones. 
WD points out that if you get too hot, you can end up with a reduced sperm count, and it's not good for reproduction. Accurate. That's why your testicles are outside of your body and hang down. It's because if they do get too hot, you're going to reduce your sperm count. Ovaries, on the other hand, need to be nice and warm. That's why they're on the inside. Also, I I can't really picture them on the outside. That's gross. Ew. Oh, I visualized. Blech. Moving along. <laughs> Alice says, Tailing the woman to get you a beer while you watch the game is also not good for reproduction. Very accurate. I'm glad that you recognize that. Into the chat room now, I give you the other bit of art that I did way back in yielding days last year. This is the female genitalia. Now, this, I had to slightly alter the image that I used um, to uh, improve it and make certain that it was actually quite factual and up-to-date with the clitoris. Now, if you look, you can see there's a cross-section of a uterus including the cervix and the vagina. Those are all three different things, guys. The ovary, the fallopian tube. If you notice, the ovary is kind of a ball. Whoop. With a catcher's mitch, miss, ca- catcher's mitt on top of it, ready to catch eggs as they pop out. And then the fallopian tube to usher the eggs along into the uterus But specifically, the way the ovary and the fallopian tube interact are very reminiscent of the testi and epididymis. They are analogous structures. They're the same, yo. Okay. The vagina is only the muscular opening of the uterus. Eh female genitalia. It's not the whole thing. It's about three or four inches. And that's it. That's the vagina. The vagina is not where babies are incubated. It's more like the entry to where babies are incubated. If you were to put your finger inside a vagina reach up and in, you would find kind of a feels like a mushroom in there with a dip in the middle. That's the cervix. The cervix is really the doorway and usually it's shut to the uterus. The cervix dilates when it's time for a woman to give birth and pretty much not any other time. Remember, sperm are single cells. They can get into the cervix and thus into the uterus. Your fingers and penis are really not meant to go through the cervix. It's a bad idea to try as well. The cervix exists to keep things out of the uterus. The environment of the uterus is specifically calibrated by our bodies to keep fetuses and babies happy and healthy. Introducing things in there is a bad idea 
That's how you get terrible infections. Also, trying to open the cervix hurts like a son of a bitch. Take it as a woman who has had a gynecological exam. Ow, motherfucker. It was an effort of will not to kick her. My gynecologist is a woman. It fucking hurt, man, is what I'm saying. It hurt. Don't try that. Now, there's a fair amount of give, and there's quite a bit of stretch, and really big things can fit in there. Because once you get turned on, and you're really into it, things loosen up, and are stretchy. But never make the mistake of thinking that a dude can actually stick his dick inside your cervix. Because <laughs> he can't. It's not going to fit. Surrounding the vagina at the opening there. If you if you could look at it, and I don't have a drawing of it, I, I should get on that. I recognize Mia culpa. There's the opening to the vagina, and then directly north of it is another teeny tiny little opening that is the urethra. So gentlemen, your urethras convey both ejaculate and liquid bodily waste. For women, our urethra conveys liquid bodily waste and nothing else. North of the urethra is a little nubbin. We like our little nubbin. It's the clitoris. The clitoris is our friend. And what we've discovered, and this is very recently found, the clitoris is bigger than anybody actually thought it was. For the very longest time, trying to convince men that the clitoris existed was tricky. Eventually, they started to catch on that, hey, rub the button. Oh, she likes it. Well, it turns out that's just the external structure of the clitoris. The clit is actually, hold your hand up, take your pointer finger and your middle finger and make a big Y shape. Okay, the space in between the knuckles on your index finger and your middle finger, that's where the nubbin would be, and your fingers would be the rest of it. It's an internal structure, kind of like two big legs that wrap all the way around everything down there. They reach from the clit around the urethra, around the vagina, and all the way back to the anus on women. Alice says, I hear it is bigger than most cocks. Yes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's enormous. And just like the corpus cavernosum in a penis, when a woman is turned on, the clitoris also becomes filled with blood. The external structure stands up and gets more present. Trust me, I own one. I can tell you this. I literally get a heart on. <laughs> literally. It gets bigger. It stands up going, hi, this. Rub me. Woo! It also means that when I'm not turned on, if you provided enough lube, you can get into the vagina. My gynecologist is proof of that. She can get in there. 
lube. It's a great thing. It gets tighter when I'm turned on because my clitoris is full of blood and it's squeezing right there, which is why for some women, they can orgasm just from penetration and without, quote, clitoral stimulation, end quote, because they are getting their clit stimulated by being penetrated. They're just not stimulating the immediate external nubbin. They're, they're stimulating the rest of it. This is also why, in addition to the fact that anuses feel good when you play with them, men and women enjoy anal penetration. Women, because our clits reach that far back. And men, because they have their prostate gland right there. It's almost as though playing with our asses is meant to be pleasant for both men and women. (laughs) Alice says, they can also orgasm just by eating at the right restaurant when Harry met Sally. That, I'll have what she's having. And Stu asks if I charge my gyno. <laughs> the phone sex rate. Um, no. Uh, although it is covered by my insurance. So it's not really... I mean, I guess there's a monetary exchange, but it's all behind the scenes. I don't even pay attention. Uh, okay, so that's anatomy. Woo! Hygiene. Keep your shit clean. Wash it. Dry it. Change your underwear because don't leave the same sweaty, stinky, no, you're going to get an infection. Don't necessarily shave your hair all the way off all the time. Leave a little bit in there. It helps regulate things. Just, I mean, if you want to, but then let it grow back in between. I know it itches. You can, you can resolve the itching problem with uh, un- unscented, uh, fragrance-free, non-antiperspirant, so just regular deodorant, the, the white, chalky kind, not the gel. Um, immediately after you shave, put some deodorant on it. And that helps keep the uh, itchy bumps down. Alice says, my favorite line from Pete's Dragon is, we done had our bath in May. (laughs) Oh, thank you for bringing that up, WD. Awesome. Sounding. He says, uh, stick a thermometer in your dick, and if the temperature goes over 98.6, you in trouble. Um, you could... Keep in mind that it's a far more external bit of body. So if you're not ter- currently turned on when you stick it, that thermometer in, it's going to be a little bit under your core body temperature. Just on the nature of, of not being completely internal. Um, I would advise against sticking anything glass inside your dick. I mean, you do you, boo. But that's going to hurt if it breaks. I'm just mentioning Metal. Metal is what you want to do. You can get a sounding kit. Even Amazon carries them. 
wildly enough. Uh, get metal, because you can sterilize it. Remember, wipe it down with an alcohol wipe. And then lube it up. Lube is always good. Try not to introduce um, foreign material to the inside of your ureter. That is how you get an infection. Do not stick a Q-tip inside your dick. That's a bad idea. And yes, I had somebody do that. While I cringed, going, no, 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 no. Oh, that's going to suck. You're going to get a yeast infection in your dick. Smooth. WD brings up that the Germans did that during World War II. Yep. It was also done as a medical procedure. Um, That's how you get a catheter in for men. Whoop. Right in. Um, It's actually fairly pleasurable. Yes, I've experienced it. It's intense as hell. There are a lot of nerve endings in there that don't usually get stimulated that way. And when you do, you're like, Oh, 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 hello. Hi. You also need to be incredibly careful. The way the ureter is set up, there's only a certain amount of length before you hit one of the sphincters inside the ureter that leads to the bladder. You go too far and you hit that sphincter, it can hurt, you can damage things, and you can, once more, introduce foreign bacteria and tissue and material to your bladder, and then you get a bladder infection, and you really will be pissing blood. Don't do that. So be careful. Only play with the very outermost edge. And if you've got a penis, you can do the entire length of the penis before you're in any danger. But if you're doing that on a woman, you got to be a lot more careful. Also, start small. Don't immediately go for the biggest one. Oh my god. No, you gotta build up to it, darlings. But yeah, you can do that. This is something we should we're gonna talk about some more when we get to the um weird ass shit and fetishes. <laughs> but since we got pictures of the anatomy of a dick up, we may as well. Let's go for it. If you decide you want to play with your prostate, you don't have to penetrate. You can come at it from the outside, and that's perfectly fine. Nobody's going to fault you for it, and if they do, they're a kink-shaming bastard. WD, if you ever manage to shove a bowling ball into your penis, I want a picture. And that picture on the internet of the bowling ball in some dude's ass was photoshopped. That's not real. Yes, I've seen it. People sent me weird shit. Mostly going, can you do that? No, you can't actually do that. That's a Photoshop. (sighs) Because your actual pelvic bones get in the way. So, since we're talking about shoving things places, let's discuss size kink and anal play. And the place where they intersect. Where you wind up with that wonderful subgenre of gay porn. It, WD, a baby is not as big in the head region as a bowling ball. And they're compressible. Also, no. Right, size kink. 
So there's a subgenre of gay porn that I love. It it shows such, I guess, dedication to a sexual perversion on the part of the bottom and and the top for training them that way. Oh, hey, Jamie. Size kink is where you have a fetish for having incredibly large things stuffed inside of you. Now, some people take this to a completely reasonable place where they're like, I want an eight inch dick. Okay, that's well above average. Go for it. And then, then there are the kinky bastards who decide they want a two foot rubber dildo. Okay. I'd have to give you a frontal view focusing on the anatomy of the ass. It, It goes from your anus, which is a fun wonderland, <laughs> and it continues up and in for about six to eight inches. There's a second sphincter, and then it takes a sharp left turn. And then it's the large uh, intestine after that. So for most people, you get the ass to relax, you get it nice and lubed up, you get nice and turned on. You got six to eight inches of just straight in. And then there's the second sphincter. So it is kind of possible to bottom out in an ass. If you're really dedicated, you can get both sphincters to open up. And then you can slowly start to get that sharp left turn. You can straighten that out, too. It's possible. I've seen it. Jamie says it's called the bend of the sigmoid colon. Yes, it is. Good job. And it's possible to straighten that fucker out. And get to where you can go... 18, 20 inches straight in with something big and fat. It's it's a thing, y'all. I, that's the the intersection of size kink with anal play, and I I like watching it as as sort of a I'm gonna stand over here and be like, whoa, holy damn, that's a lot of hard work. That is dedication. That is daily work on somebody else's ass. Or your own ass. I don't know. In order to get to where you can just sit down on a fire hydrant. Okay. <laughs> it's, I respect it, is what I'm saying. I respect that. That's a lot of dedication to being able to do that. Because if you tried to take something the size of a baseball bat to my ass, ah, uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, baby. <laughs> no, that's not going to work. We, we, need to, we need to discuss this because you got to start smaller. You got to work up to it. Alice said that she has a mental aversion to anal. If your girlfriend wanted it, I'd have to allow her to get it elsewhere. And that's perfectly reasonable. A lot of people are like, I don't know. There's stuff involved in there. So if you decide you want to do this and you have 
I, I, I gotta be blunt, guys. I gotta be blunt with you. There's gonna be poop. It, I, I know, I know. It's an asshole. <laughs> it's impossible to get it all, all clean. It's not gonna happen. You would have to be on a liquid diet for a couple of days. <laughs> there would be laxatives and uh, um, enemas involved. And even then, uh, it's not a guarantee. So, use a condom, if you're that squeaky. Ask your partner to use an enema. And, it, you know, you can get, like, the empty bottle and just use warm water. You don't have to get the perfumed because nothing is grosser, frankly, than a butt that smells faintly of flowers. <sighs> Please don't perfume your asshole. I've smelled that. It's not pleasant. Just use some warm water. Get it clean. And use plenty of lube. Take your time. And even if all you do is pull on a glove and get lots and lots of lube and use your fingers to tease that opening and rub all around in there, remember, for women, your clit reaches all the way back there. Guys, your prostate is right there. Plus, your rosebud feels really fucking good when you play with it. I am not kidding. You can work your way up to it. When you're taking a shower and you're cleaning yourself and you're washing away, just give yourself 30 seconds with soap and hot water to explore. Feel it. Just rub a little bit. It feels good. I promise. I promise it feels so good. You're going to like it. That 30 seconds will be way too short. Trust me. <laughs> Jamie Michelle is giving us advice to use probiotics. That way you void completely. I I love how my discussions involve poo. <laughs> See, there's a study that just came out and I need to I need to actually pull it up and read it, the study itself that suggested that probiotics don't do anything. And I can see it. It's because you eat it, right? So it goes in your mouth and down your stomach and your stomach's full of hydrochloric acid. And the entire job of your stomach is to kill anything alive that tries to invade your body through your food while also dissolving your food. So it might be alive when you eat it, but by the time it reaches your asshole, it is well and truly dead. <laughs> eat it because it feels good. Because... And yes, Alice, I was, I was trying not to bring that up. <laughs> she says, there's actually a pill made with poo that helps people who don't have the right biodiversity. Uh-huh. And you don't take it with your mouth. It goes in the other end. Do 
Jamie and Michelle asks if I know how the male's cock goes back up into their body, and that one reason she adores anal from a stud is because his cock massages the inside part of your, of, of your cock. Yes. Um, I sh- I'll share an image again. Um, I'll put it on Twitter, and um, I-, I need to see if on the Spreaker website if I can upload images. I'm not sure. Uh, actually, what he's rubbing across is your prostate gland and probably parts of your... Let me scroll up in chat. Where'd it go? Penis. There it is. Your prostate gland, your seminal vesicle, um, your vas deferens. And yeah, there is a tiny little piece of of the, the penis itself that's close enough to the opening of the anus that yeah... He could be rubbing back and forth across it. Oh, and Alice, don't don't be sorry. I just don't want to talk about it because that's gross. <laughs> yeah, it's called a fecal transplant. It's disgusting. It's for people who have undergone things like chemotherapy and radiation for cancer. Um, it's just it's nuked everything. Nothing is alive. And, uh, in order to get their, their, their gut flora back, it's gross. Jimmy Michelle brings up the acidophilus bacteria. It's an acid-loving bacteria. Eh! I've I've seen I've seen all sorts of really interesting like the the one study that came out was basically talking about things like kefir and um uh fermented foods that people were trying to do for probiotics. Well, that could just be the dairy in it. Dairy does help things move along um because it does help create more mucus. So it could just be lubing things. <laughs> Alice says, I would hate to be the technician that does that. It sounds like a shitty job. Wah, wah. Thanks, Alice. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> Let's see. Anatomy. Hygiene. Okay, don't perfume your bits. That's a terrible plan. Mucous uh, membranes, especially the ones at the opening of your anus and the head of your penis, as well as the entirety of a woman's vulva, are really sensitive and tender, and spraying things on them, like perfumes, hurts, one, and throws off your, um, your pH, which is an open invitation to getting things like a yeast infection. Yeasty. WD says gastric bypass surgery should be banned as it takes away the ability to digest and the ability to fight infections, etc. There's gotta be an easier way to chase that ever shifting goalpost that is a skinny body. Basically, increase your activity level, decrease your caloric intake, you'll lose weight. You will not build muscle. 
And as soon as you stop working out, oh, hey, hi, Miss Brighton, you'll gain back all of the weight you just lost because it's not sustainable. But <laughs> Alice says, I don't spray on them after I wash my hair. I use the suds to wash my crotch. And I like lavender scented shampoo. <laughs> Alice, does that mean you have a lavender scented dick? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of perfect. I see. Jamie Michelle said there are more and more studies coming out on the importance of one's gut flora, and that uh, her anus and rectum is her pussy. Oh, girl, you gotta get down with your business. Some of the studies about your gut flora are really interesting. There was one that was linking an imbalance in gut flora to depression and mental issues. And I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> Do not eat more. Oh, that reminds me. Thank you, Ms. <laughs> Thank you, Brighton. Brighton says eat more cabbage. Only if you don't want anybody to go anywhere near your bits. So, if... You've got somebody who is about to be willing to put their face near your genitalia. What you have eaten in the 48 hours before is going to, I kid you not, flavor your genitals. It will clean you right out. Damn. <laughs> so here are the things that will make your ejaculate and in a woman, make your pussy taste bad. Coffee. Coffee will make things taste like, oh, bitter and gross. So gross. So, coffee, red meat, brassicas. So this includes cabbage, broccoli, kale, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, any um, onions, garlic... Anything strong flavored. <laughs> All of those are going to make you taste like your food, only grosser. If you smoke, you can taste it. That is not the kind of secondhand smoke I want to have. That's nasty. But, oh yeah, and asparagus. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Brighton. Asparagus makes your pee stink to the high heavens. Uh-huh. Makes everything taste. Oh, oh. So gross. Alice says, if coffee does that, I don't care. I still want to eat out Ryan. I don't blame you. Ryan is sexy. And it hasn't stopped me from having my coffee in the mornings either. I just... I... <laughs> keep it for the mornings and if I know I'm gonna if I'm you know I wanna impress somebody <laughs> I just I drink tea instead and I avoid asparagus broccoli steak oysters <laughs> oysters will flavor your junk uh onion garlic yeah instead what you should eat fruit Lots of fruit. Strawberries and pineapples will make your junk taste yummy. 
it makes it just slightly sweeter. Um, go for white rice, mild foods, things that don't have super strong flavor to them. So, not if you're going for anal, don't. But otherwise, corn. <laughs> All the poop jokes tonight. Corn's a good choice because it's nice and mild, fairly flavorless. Uh, cucumber, strawberries, pineapple, oranges, um, yogurt, but go for flavorless because a lot of times the artificial flavoring that they use passes right through you and <laughs> flavors things. And you don't want artificial blueberry flavor. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jamie, no. She'd rather have shampoo than real poo. <laughs> Boycott shampoo. Demand the real stuff. <laughs> Alice asked about spinach. Yeah. Spinach will flavor your junk. It'll taste like Popeye. <laughs> uh, spinach is another one of the strong flavored ones. Uh, there was a point made earlier about how... Um, Lavender is an estrogen mimic um, and can result in uh, breast growth in males. Yelp. Ditto for soybeans. Spinach is good for you if you're low on iron. Um, broccoli is also really high in iron. But unfortunately, both of those are on the no-no list if you want your junk to taste yummy. <laughs> Jamie's having too much fun with a pun. <laughs> uh, if you want titties, go for lavender. Accurate. Lavender and eat more soybeans. Soy contains a, a phytoestrogen. So diets that are heavy in soy, including soy products. So it's used in a lot of processed foods. Uh you wind up with more interesting boobs. You could also go for um, commercially produced dairy products, especially things that don't specifically say hormone-free, because we've been treating cattle so much with bovine growth hormone, BGH, th to make them produce even more and more and more milk. Unfortunately, bovine growth hormone is very similar to human growth hormone and bring uh, it results in early onset puberty. Alice, quit it with the puns. Hmm. Alright, guys. We're, I'm gonna wrap it up. We got six minutes. But I like a long wrap-up. <laughs> we discussed anatomy. We discussed your prostate. A woman's clitoris. And the fact that they're both fabulous and wonderful and you should play with them. Along with your ass. We went someplace I didn't think we were gonna go. 
fecal transplants. Good times. And then we're ending up with a diet about what you should eat in order to flavor your pussy. And come. Alice points out that Americans eat far more meat than we should. Yes. Both for our diets, for our heart health, and environmentally, it's so expensive to produce a pound of meat versus a pound of vegetable to eat. I like fish. Tilapia and catfish for my protein source. WD, don't go jump in the cement pond. My goal, as always with horse school, is to help educate the masses <laughs> and bring a little bit of humor to sex education for grown folk. Miss Brighton says she's going to pass on a fecal transplant. I don't blame you. I don't want one either. My ass is perfect as it is. I don't need that. We're not going to discuss. <laughs> my butt <laughs> so part of the reason why whore school was born is because I got super annoyed at the state of sex ed I live in Texas it is not required that our sex education classes contain medically accurate information and in point of fact they can make shit up and lie about it yeah. <sighs> Which is one reason why I did the two paintings that I shared earlier. They hang proudly in my house, front and center, so that anybody who comes to visit can see exactly what the anatomy of a man and a woman are supposed to. Like, that's that's what you've got going on in your junk what what new junk junk don't worry i've hung them far away from the erotic nudes because nothing is a mood killer quite as thorough and fantastic as an anatomical drawing of a cross-section of a human body Blah. <laughs> oh oh brighton we covered the clitoris up down backwards and sideways did you know it's bigger than, than they thought it was before? It actually has two arms. The nubbin is only the external part. It has two arms that wrap all the way around from the, the nub of the external clitoris, around the ure urethra, around the vagina, and all the way back to the anus. Our clits are awesome. Yay! I say yay because she did know. It does. It looks like a wishbone. I love that. I found out that new information. I was like, holy crap. No wonder I like having my ass played with. <laughs> it's rubbing my clit too. <laughs> oh, the clit is the best. Followed very closely by the prostate. And then there's the fact that the epididymis and the fallopian tubes are they're basically freaking the same. They're the same thing. They're just male and female. Ugh. Hooray. <sighs> Hooray for conservative evolution. <laughs> oh, 
So next week, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about next week. Um, more fun bits, I think. I think that's what's happening next week. It's going to be either fun bits, sexual acts, or possibly negotiation. Because those are always good. We can always go back to those. On my blog at fetishphonesexblog.com, if you go there, you will see a little tab that says Whore School. Or go to fetishphonesexblog.com slash whore dash school. And that will take you to the full and complete syllabus for the entirety of Whore School. That's all of it. It's currently up to date. And because I just finished it. <laughs> and I'm going to keep it up to date as best I can. So, ah, oh, right. We're going to be talking about gender identity and sexual orientation next week. That's what it is. Gender identity. Which we've already kind of covered a little bit. And sexual orientation. And it's going to be good. It's, uh... Who are you? What are you? And where do you want to stick it? This has been Horse School with Harper. Sex education for the discerning adult. Uh, this was lesson number four. You can go to the website or to the link that I just gave out. And it's got the other three lessons. You can go and listen and catch up. And as always, it has been a, an immense pleasure. I'll have the link out on Twitter and Tumblr and all over the place. Follow me on Twitter. It's Enchantrix Harper. No I. And Tumblr is... Fetish Phone Sex Harper, I think. I can't remember. I'll link it too. You can always follow my blog, Fetish Phone Sex Blog. You can call me. You can email me. It's all good. Go forth and be educated. Thank you for listening.